0: Welcome to Common Sense Aligner Podcast, the dental Clinic Management Podcast with Dr. Javier Lozano. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Javier Lozano speaking, and we are here at Common Sense Aligner Podcast, chapter number two. As you might remember, last week we stated that we're going to cover this ethical approach to aligner orthodontics, focused on four main pillars. Last week, we talked about the social aspect of ethics in orthodontics. Today, we're going to address from my very own perspective, the medical uh, vision of the medical ethical aspects related to our specialty. And next week and the following one, we will address the financial and professional ethical aspects in orthodontics obviously since we are healthcare providers today's topic is the core of this section but as i was saying last week i think it's really important to understand that being the core of our work, medical aspect the treatment aspect itself we cannot forget that we can be ethical somehow like performing the best treatment that in some ways we might be avoiding complex questions in other areas of our profession. I want to start, since we're talking about this approach to ethical orthodontics with clear aligners, I want to start talking about the, the device itself. I mean, we're professionals, right? We provide treatments Therefore, the most important thing in our work is probably diagnosis, treatment plan, and execution. It's everything in our hands, maybe in our heads, but it's not in the device we're using. I mean, devices are important. And this is why orthodontic techniques have improved so much during the last century, especially because we have technology built uh, to fit our hands, our heads. But can we treat every malocclusion with one single device? Some of you might think, okay, Habit is going to say yes, because he, he wants to talk about aligners. Yeah, but I don't think you can treat every malocclusion only with aligners, or only with brackets and wires, or only with a concrete prescription. doesn't matter if it's MT or Roth prescription. You cannot. We need auxiliaries. With every technique with every orthodontic device we're using. We're going to need auxiliaries. Actually, in many cases, for example, with clear aligners, we need the help from fixed appliances. So here it comes the second question. Should we accept the patient choosing a concrete device or technique? I don't think so. I mean, obviously, as I was saying, I think we can treat every malocclusion with any bracket system using auxiliaries or surgery, surgical procedures, we can treat every malnutrition with clear aligners plus in combination with auxiliaries. Uh, but I don't think it's the patient choosing because sometimes we might see advantages treating the patient with one brand or another one. And in case we do, and once again, this is my very own perspective, we should warn them about the limitations. To me, the limit in general is that I imagine I have my sister, my mother or my father or my brother in the office and they're asking me, hey Javi, I want you to do this treatment to me with this device. If I could say yes, because I'm not putting them in risk and any harm to my relatives, I would do the same for like a stranger, like a common patient I have in in my office. If I would say no to my mother, no, I'm sorry, I'm not treating you with that concrete device because I don't think it's worth it for you, then I would say no to the patient. And this is important. I think it's important that we set the criteria. There's no rule to say yes or no to to everything, but I think that's a good way of thinking. Thinking, would you do this to your family if it's okay with your family? probably it is okay with the patient. There's another question talking about ethics and I see many practitioners, many orthodontists all over the world uh, creating theories around this. It's about orthodontic timing. This will be the second um, question, the second block of questions and I think this creates a lot of controversies because if I'm treating the patient, starting, I don't know, I, I might say uh, early treatment if the overjet is over 6 millimeters, and I want to prevent some injuries, some trauma on the anterior incisors because a kid might uh, fall in the street and they broke the central incisors. There is a reason from this uh, prevention approach and also from a psychosocial perspective because the kid won't be looking really good. With this increased overjet, I might treat this patient. I might do it with six years old, advancing the mandible, or maybe later on, but I can find some strong evidence in the literature that justifies this early treatment. The same for an anterior cross bite. But I think these are the only two cases in which we should start with the early treatment. Anyway, you know. I don't think it is good that I would judge any other doctor starting earlier or performing any treatment with a different malocclusion. Maybe it's a class one with crowding, but I don't know what moved that doctor to do this treatment. Maybe the kid had a problem with their teeth. Maybe the parents were demanding the treatment. And as long as it is not creating a a problem to the patient, is it good or not to to do it? Once again, I don't have the answer to this question. I have this clear view on when should we perform these treatments with this anterior crossbite and the overjet over six millimeters. But if the patient's the parents are demanding a treatment, and we're not creating any harm to them, should we do it? I guess it all depends on what we're thinking. Probably the family answer is the right one and it might vary from one patient or from one doctor to another one. If we talk about treatment plans, there is a third big block of topics. I mean probably every patient if we perform correct analysis and diagnosis, we have our x-rays, we have the pictures, the models, the plaster or digital models, and we analyze them. We might choose in between two or three treatment plans. We can use auxiliaries, we can use elastics, extractions or not extracting premolars, molars, there are many options. Should we let the patient know of every treatment plan? Depends on the case. I mean, I think that many times, at least when I was younger, I had in my office a surgical patient, and in my head, since I probably was not really sure of the treatment myself, and I thought the patient might reject the treatment, I would discard this option myself. But probably this is not good. We have to share these views with the patient. And the thing is that we're fast-fooding, fast, fast footing. we are fast-moving, we are fast-buyers, we are fast-society and we have less time to talk with our patients. Sometimes I think we need to face these treatment plans and once again to me the answer to this question, informing the patient about every treatment plan which is possible is the same as we do with the family. If I'm telling my mom, mom we have two options in my head, I would tell this to the patient. If I thought my mom was surgical, which she is, but she rejected the treatment, I would do the same with a common person I find in my office. Question number four would be Is it ethical? And this is quite important to me Is it ethical to offer a patient who is opposed to extractions the option of trying a non extraction approach? This is quite complex to me, because I don't think we can set as a treatment goal doing or not doing tooth extractions. I mean, we do extractions whenever we do need them, whenever there is a midline shift, when they, there is a severe skeletal discrepancy. There are like really clear and really strong indications for extractions. In these cases, I don't think I can treat the patient with expansion. That's quite hard. Whenever I got a picture a before-and-after picture from a, a colleague and they said, Oh Javi, this is awesome. I was like, yeah, but I can see the wall reach and the partial axis of the tooth and maybe there are no recessions just after your treatment ended up. But probably there will be a few in a few years time. This patient would have been great to do extractions too. They would benefit from this in the short and in the long term, even if the treatment is more complex. But to me, from my modest point of view, we are harming this patient. We are given a long-term harm. In these cases, I don't think we should let the patient decide, because the patient doesn't know. They don't understand what's going on. Imagine the heart surgeon is asking you, oh, do you want this or that surgery? That is not an option. We trust them. We cannot decide. And I understand that somehow orthodontic has become a commodity, but it is still a medical treatment. And we have to put a of focus on this. We have to. Let the patients understand and to me this is really important. If we have to do extractions. Yes, we have to do them In some cases we might avoid them But in many of them there is no way we can perform a treatment without them And it is quite important to let the patient know about this Let's switch to a different topic in some cases we find patients who are not cooperating with the treatment, and yeah, maybe 30 years ago, in which we would do like mostly uh, kids and teenagers treatments, we could say okay kids they are not uh, compliance with the treatment. Yeah, but now we have adults, especially since the eruption of the aligner approach we have more and more adults in our offices demanding a better occlusion, a better smile a better better line through oral care. But the thing is that what if the patient is not cooperating? In the past, we should talk to the parents. Right now we have to talk to the patient themselves. And I mean, probably many of you are not going to like the, the example, but it's like you join the gym and you just go to the gym or you go once in a month. Is it worth it or not? Probably doing exercise even once in a month is okay. But I think it's our responsibility to let the patient know that the treatment is going to be creating a problem for them. But what if the patient is not cooperating after letting them know where there is no progress in the last. I mean, we're talking to this hypothetical patient, Mr. Jones, no, Mr. Jones, you're not cooperating. You're not using elastics. Maybe Mr. John is refusing tasks to solve the sagittal uh, problem. What should I do? Should I wait? Should I finish the treatment and let Mr. Jones know, okay, John, we know that there is a risk of increased reception with the treatment. And from the very beginning, we signed a written or verbal agreement in which you were going to collaborate. You're not doing it. Should we terminate the treatment? Should we end it up because we know we're harming the patient in the long term, even if the patient is saying, no doctor, once again, I will comply now. I will use the elastics or the aligners, or I will brush my teeth with fixed appliances. Should we finish? Is it ethical to finish? Or should we allow the patient to decide? And in case, we don't want to finish or we can use stats to avoid the use of elastics, which are related to patient compliance, should we offer any treatment alternative? And more interestingly, and to end up with this topic today, should we charge the patient for this? Because somehow, as I was saying, we have this agreement from the very beginning of the treatment and it is the patient rejecting to do their part, rejecting to use elastics. They're not doing it. If there is an alternative based on CATS or any other approach we can use, should we charge the patient for this treatment alternative or not? Once again, I don't have an alternative for this, especially because I don't charge uh, to my mother when I'm mm, aligning her teeth. So in this case, the family decision-making Is not helping me but I think that making the patient responsible for the treatment is really important the patient has to be concerned and understanding that we are working and we're dedicating part of our lives to this and we should be charging for this extra treatment or alternative treatment we are providing I think this we will cover next week more deeply this financial aspects on how are we relating to the patient and if the patient is paying or not but to me it's really important not as i was saying from this economical perspective but to let the patient know that it is their responsibility a doctor's and orthodontist's responsibility is to, to get ready to be trained to study to make a great diagnosis and patient's responsibility is to, to use the aligners, use the elastics, to brush the teeth properly. And if they're not doing this, we have to let them know. And I think that paying is a good way of showing this. It is not just about making some extra collections in our office, but of letting them know they breached, somehow they broke the agreement. We had from the very beginning and it is important for them to understand otherwise if they don't pay attention to the treatment it's up to them to solve the problem it is not always in the professional and once again i know that society is demanding is like oh so you must you must have a free consultation and everything is included in the treatment and blah 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 because we tend to make it more flexible And adapted to this fast and highly consuming society. But I can see the point on on including everything on on that treatment if the patient is not fully using the devices we're providing and it's not doing everything we're telling them to do. If there is a lack of compliance, and I don't see this as an ethical problem, maybe we can say okay we're ending the treatment or we can offer this treatment alternative but in this case we have to let the patient know they have to pay and this is quite important because otherwise and if I recap the questions we've had during this topic otherwise if we let the patient decide the device we're using if we let the patients or the parents decide what's the ideal moment to treat their kid if we let the patient decide what treatment option they want if we are performing extractions or not and the patient is not complaining what are we doing is it good that we are adapting ourselves to every patient or is it really an ethical problem should we be a little more strict about this. I know we're human beings and we make mistakes, but I think it's good to reflect on these things because sometimes being a little harder on our relationship with patients is taking us to the core of our medical profession. And it is putting emphasis on what the treatment should be like instead of on commercial purposes. Once again, there is a really, really thin line uh, that is in between all these options. And I hope that today I open some windows for you to look through, to see from a different perspective what we are doing in the medical aspect of ethical orthodontics. Thank you for your attention. I hope I'll see you next week at chapter number three in common sense aligners podcast you have a good day